I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Phase Zero Season 2 Episode 12 starts right now. We are in the Moon night era now. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Aaron Perrine. I'm having trouble figuring out if I'm asleep or awake. <laughs> this all feels like a dream. Welcome to National Jim Viscardi Day, everybody. <laughs> National Jim Viscardi Day. Every day feels like that when you live this close to it. <laughs> we got Jenna Anderson here. Hey, everybody. And we got Jamie Jurak. Jamie has something special planned. She requested a segment on today's show. You'll know the segment when we get to it. <laughs> Good morning. Can't wait to make everyone mad. Oh, uh, but hold on. Let's see the shirt. Let's see the the amazing shirt you're wearing. Jenna Oscar and Isaac. I. That's yep. right. Coordination. Yep. Super yucky. Yep. Hell yeah. Layla is transcending right now. Uh, seeing all this Oscar Isaac content, Pedro Pascal content that she is just in the past couple of weeks, she's losing her mind. Uh, we have a good show today. We're going to talk about Moon Knight spoilers in the second half of the show. We're not going to start the show with the spoilers. If you haven't watched, you can stick around and listen uh, for all of the MCU news. And it was actually a really good week of MCU news, if you're me especially. And uh, we have an exclusive interview that we're going to roll out at the end of this show with Moon Knight uh, producer Grant Curtis. And he produced the original Spider-Man films. And so it's a really quick interview. We talk about all that stuff uh, and what it was like to come back. And we also just talk about Moon Knight and he knows his stuff from comics. He's, he made Jim Viscardi proud of Jim was sitting over my shoulder, listening to that interview when it was happening. And uh, I know he enjoys that's at the end of the show, full spoilers for Moon Knight in the second half of the show after the break. But now we're starting with news and surprising absolutely no one. We are starting with the biggest, best news story of the week. Nova is like officially official now because Deadline said it and it has a writer. Like we've heard rumors. I'm pretty sure Murphy's multiverse and like Illuminati. And I'm sure we got this covered at some point uh, said that Nova is in development. But now I guess it's just more official. I still even unofficial because Marvel Studios hasn't said anything themselves. I believed Murphy's multiverse and everyone else and Joe Decklemeyer from uh, over there at Illuminarity. I think a lot of those people are very reliable sources and they're right more often than they're not. But when it comes from Deadline and it has a Moon Knight writer attached to it, it's it's nice to hear this is happening uh, with a writer instead of like, well, this might be happening. So it's happening. Moon Knight is coming from, uh, Nova is coming from Moon Knight writer uh, Saber Pizzada. And it could be a movie. It could be a limited series. It seems to be pointing towards limited series with Richard Ryder at the front of it. Though all of that is unconfirmed, and it seems like, well, we think that sources think. Uh, but here we are. Nova is upon us. And I, I can't believe we're finally here. I mean, we're not here yet. We got a couple more years until we see this. But the fact that one day I'm going to get to wear a Nova costume because Kevin's <laughs> going to call me and cast me. <laughs> 
Uh, Go ahead. I was going to ask for your thoughts. Because my um, boyfriend's brother texted me and was like, how funny would it be if the next time BD saw Feige, he just did not bring it up at all? Like no, no mention or reference of it whatsoever. And now I'm like, that would kind of be hilarious if that happened. Feige and I I would... Yes, I joked to my boyfriend. I was like, "Yeah, I'm rooting for BD's casting, and then I'm gonna gun for BD's job." <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, and then I go. I've never seen him act. I'm just gonna assume he can do it. <laughs> we'll fix whoa, it in whoa. post. We'll fix oh, it in God. post. You mean to tell me that you guys haven't watched my four-year-old short film that's available <laughs> no. for free on you? Wow! That, I thought we I'm just messing with you. I'm just. That one, I just plugged my own short film. Hey, go watch Stay. It's a very emotional. You're guaranteed to cry. Okay? All right. I, anyway, no. Uh, don't watch Stay. If you have, it's Moon Knight Day. So watch that first. Uh, but anyway, uh, thank you for the vote of confidence, uh, <laughs> Jamie. Um, I don't think I'm going to be cast as Nova. And if I am, I will go full Andrew Garfield. And I will be doing phase zero from the set of Nova to make sure nobody has any idea like I will be figuring it out, uh, <laughs> but I, I will be doing my comic photo with myself at the premiere. Perfect. But oh, no, I, I just I I'm, I want to talk about Richard Ryder and Sam Alexander because I like both of those characters very much. I personally want to see Richard Ryder come first, and I think that would make Sam Alexander a legacy character the same way we're seeing like uh, Kate Bishop become Hawkeye. And I think if you start with Sam Alexander, you kind of skip to that right away. I also see the, like, I I do want Sam Alexander because we don't have a lot of like Latin representation in the MCU. So that's a really good way to get some more diversity in there. I'm just a Richard Ryder fan. So it's a win-win to be honest, but I I'm also okay with, I think there's a story you could make here where you make Richard Ryder, the long lost father of Sam because Richard is not Sam's father in the comics, but Richard went, you know, he went and died in the cancer verse after fighting Thanos and everything. He fought annihilate. He's and, he, and Sam finds a Nova helmet and discovers that his father is up in space, part of the Nova Corps. So I'm okay. If the MCU tends to remix stories like that, if you want to do both of them and you want to start with Sam, you could do that and have his father be rich Ryder, dude from up in the tri-state area. I'm just saying, outcast in high school like not super cool uh from new jersey you know new york that's all up there it's all over the same place i i I pretty much am richard Ryder. i I can't fly (laughs) but other than that i'm the same thing um anyway but yeah i i think adding glenn close to voice the world mind like they thought we're going to do that in infinity war and endgame it just sounds like a win and i'm i'm rambling because it's moon it's 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 no it's this is my moon night what for jim like i i can't believe it's finally happening are you guys like i know nova is not like a character that is at the front of so many comic stories like he's not like an a tier i'm not gonna lie and hype up my character more than like i'm realistic in knowing his place on the totem pole he's not the most forward-facing character that's at the front of every story because of popularity i feel like a lot of people have discovered nova because i talk about him so much like i'm i I know a lot of people i'm not taking credit for nova being popular but i do think there are people exist who have learned about this character because i talk about him all the time so like is nova character the three of you are super familiar with to begin with or care i'll give you one guess (laughs) <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll
Uh, but that's what I like. That's what I love. That's what I'm, when we get to like Moon Knight later to talk about. Like I, I'm, I'm always jazzed when a character I don't know about comes on the screen, and then I get to learn about them on the screen because then there's a lot more twists and turns. But I think Nova. I mean, my boyfriend who's like pretty well versed, but not like you guys. You know, was like, oh heck yeah, Nova. So I, so I think he's a little more mainstream than you might think, but also not enough that I, I don't know much about Nova. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't. I, oh, Aaron, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, it's one of those things that's been in the MCU that, like, hasn't been explained. And there's a lot of those, like, weird elements floating around because you're like, all this stuff's happening out in space. And you would think the Nova Corps would be around to, like, <laughs> poke their heads in and be like, what? You did what? They also what? Go. What are you doing standing here? Go fight the stuff. And then, oh. Hmm? Go ahead. What's wrong with me? No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. And like the X Men too. Like those two things are like wow. I'm like wow. Nobody. Nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we're gonna get those answers, especially now. I feel like we're absolutely gonna get those answers with the Nova Corps. Yeah. Also, absolutely. anything that gets me Sam Alexander more of the champions. Yeah. In the yes. MCU, yes. Absolute win. Because yeah. we're just stacking all my all my younglings up in the corner, <laughs> and he's just another one to like toss in there. Like, yup. Can't mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Well, y'all gonna give me Miles. He's he's like the last square on the bingo card. Come on. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I'm sure this is we have videos about this and articles about this. Anybody who's listening who is unfamiliar with Nova's origin story, I do this is my opportunity to really flex my knowledge for once. This like Nova gets his powers when Xandar is destroyed, and all the power of the Nova Corps goes to the last centurion, which is him, and he inherits the world mind. And his job is to preserve the history of Xandar, the Nova Corps. And he goes on, he becomes like a, like a space vigilante in a sense where he like the world mind who can calculate the outcome of any decision is telling him like, you can't save this person. And he's just like, yes, I can. And sometimes uh, it's not for the best that he tries, but he does try. And I just love Nova. And I think that the Xandar was destroyed ahead of infinity war. The stage has been set for Richard Ryder to be there. Roman Day, who is the character who recruited Nova in the first place in the comics. John C. Riley already played him. So the history is there. You can put Thanos in a trailer if you're worried about this character selling tickets. Like, destroy Xandar in the first scene. I'm begging you, destroy Xandar in the first scene. <laughs> the two favorite characters, Thanos and Nova, put them together. I'm begging you. Anyway. Yeah, so, yes, I'm amazing. excited. I am excited. I, oh, gosh. Uh, I, oh, so, yeah, so that's Nova's history. It's already been, the stage has been set, and now we can move on. I had my rant. We have another rant, and we're oh, just, boy. today's show is about to be chaos. Uh, get ready, because your girl's got, uh, got a lot of things to say about this next upcoming topic, and it is about the Academy Awards, the most controversial thing to happen at this Oscars. Uh, no question about it. It was when the Snyder Cut Speed Force scene <laughs> beat Avengers Endgame uh, as the most cheerworthy moment. Now, there are three reasons why I find this uh, uh, appalling. Uh, first of all, when they did this countdown and revealed that the Speed Force was the winner, the Oscars did not make it clear that this was a Twitter voted uh, event. So, my phone is blowing up of people being like, what the hell? This is nonsense. <laughs> My boyfriend literally w- got up and w- walked out of our hotel room as a bit because he was so upset. And so I tweeted, like I tweeted my like re- a shocked reaction because I also forgot it was Twitter related. And then I followed it up with never let Twitter decide anything again. And I stand by that. Now, here's the thing. Setting aside the fact that obviously the Avengers Endgame Avengers Assemble moment is more cheerworthy. I mean, I'm not saying the Speed Force moment wasn't cool. Come on. 
I'm not crazy. I'm just saying if you counted up every single person in their home who probably cheered out loud, I don't think you could fill a theater that cheered for <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Um, but my other problem with this is that, um, like, I, I tweeted about this and the Snyder fans came for me. Uh, I didn't read a lot of comments because I don't think that's good for one's mental health. But I did see a couple slip through and said, well, why didn't you vote? Um, because I don't care, first of all. this I'm having fun ranting about this, but I don't really care. I care more about something else, which I'll get to in a second. But here's the thing. If I really did care and I was trying, I think that it has been proven time and time again that Snyder fans are the loudest people on the internet. And good for them. It has worked in their favor. Look at all the things they've accomplished. I am not going to ever uh, talk down on what has been accomplished by being loud about being a Snyder fan on the internet. We've got a whole movie made, and that's amazing. Um, but uh here's here's and if you really believe in your heart of hearts that the speed force scene is a more cheer worthy moment than the event if you believe that truly then i'm not going to judge you because that's what you believe and i think that's beautiful um but here's where what it really all comes down to this is the oscars this is not the people's choice awards this is not the mtv movie awards the they cut some huge moments from the Oscars. We didn't get to see Samuel Jackson, Elaine May earn their Lifetime Achievement Awards, but instead we take time on a Twitter countdown? That is not... I, listen, I shouldn't care about the Oscars as much as I do. They're an award show. I know they're not really important, but I've been watching them religiously since I was 10 years old, and I've been watching every nominated movie since I was 14 years old. I care about this stupid nonsense. And... Involving Twitter is an embarrassment to cinema, and I am sorry that I got so upset about it, and I'm sorry uh, that this is where we're at, and I'm sorry that Army of the Dead is considered the fan favorite movie of the year, uh, and that is my rant, and try not to come too hard for me. Uh, I love you all. I respect you all, uh, but I think we can all agree on this podcast, the Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Assembles moment is the greatest cheerworthy moment in the history of fun time movie watching. And that's my rant. Thank you. Does anyone else have anything to say? <laughs> Richard. Wow. Richard. Richard. Wow. Clip that. Oh my God. Clip, wow. clip that and put the back-to-back freestyle in the background. <laughs> and then oh we're God. halfway through, switch it to shook ones. Now Please. I know how everyone felt when I was ranting about like the Marvel creators not getting paid in that lawsuit. Now I understand how everyone felt listening to that. That was that something was that epic. really matters. <laughs> <laughs> this is about to be our first big podcast breakout on the new Phase Zero channel. But I mean, Jamie, I, I think you made so many good points. Like, yeah. God dang, uh, I, I, I was actually going to point out, I agree with you. Like, I saw a viral tweet this morning uh, about Riz Ahmed getting his mm -hmm. Oscar for the, the, the live action short film. And it wasn't broadcast live. It's disappointing. And this came from somebody who said it means so much to be able to see myself on a platform like that. And it deserved a much better announcement. His words were so inspirational and all and. We didn't see it. Um, I totally agree with that. I didn't even watch the Oscars. I was watching Spirited Away. I flipped wow. to the Oscars when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. And I was like, I can't miss this. What's going on? I'm going to be a part of the conversation. Um, but it is crazy. Oh, I, I agree. Avengers Endgame is the big cheerworthy moment. But I do. I, I think that there was two Marvel films that were nominated. And that split the vote of Marvel fans versus very, very, very loud Snyder fans. And I also, I think there are a lot of people in the Snyder community who give the entire Snyder community a bad name. There's a lot of people in the Snyder community that are some of the most gracious, thoughtful people I've ever spoken to. And they've done a lot for suicide prevention and different causes. And I have a ton of respect for what they've done. Like Jamie said, they got Zack Snyder's Justice League release. They've raised a ton of money, but there's also a few bees in that hive that when you shake that nest, 
they say terrible, terrible things to you. And that gets that gets plastered across all of them. So I just wanted to say on phase zero, we are not, I, I want to clarify, we're not <laughs> saying that no. everybody in that group is terrible. There's yeah. bad, but there's Absolutely bad apples not. in the Marvel bunch. I just too. said they were loud. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're definitely, I know. I just, I, 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 have, I, I have encountered it as well, but I agree with you. I think that the, the vote was split among Marvel fans and Snyder fans went in on the vote and they won it. And army of the dead. Also, I like that movie a lot. I don't even know what the other options were, but, um, it is interesting that I, good, good for the Snyder fans, whatever. Like, but yeah, I, Jamie made some points. Jamie made it's, some points. Yeah, it's less about it's less about Snyder and Marvel and more about the fact that this is the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. I'm conflicted because I simultaneously want them to never run this poll ever again. Like, I think this was such a weird social experiment. But I'm also like, can y'all just run this every year so that like Morbius or something absurd can win it next year? Like, we can get to this point where like five or ten years from now, it's like the weirdest possible franchise thing wins like best cheerworthy moment or best fan film. Like, it's so stupid, but it almost like is weirdly fascinating at the same time. Like having this poll the way that it is. Jenna has created the best Wikipedia entry for the Marvel, <laughs> for like the Oscar subgenre you could ever see. Cause you'd be like, how, what happened? Why, why are all these movies? There's no through line at all. Yeah. So that would be yep. funny. I saw a horrifying tweet that was like, the cheerworthy moment was not um, limited to 2021 movies. So technically, if they do this every year, the Speed Force scene could win every oh. year until the end of time. <laughs> it's what we deserve. Yeah, that's what we deserve. That's yeah. back yet tonight. That <laughs> it's very, this is also frustrating because that Speed Force moment was dope. I'm a fan of it Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, I very absolutely. much like that And that moment, like I watched that movie. I'll tell you the truth. Eleanor and I started watching that movie because I was going to do interviews for it. We started it at like 11 p.m. And we were like, let's watch the first two hours now. We'll watch wow. the next two hours then. And we watched till three in the morning because we were genuinely enjoying it. And mm-hmm. we, I, the way I sat up in my bed, it was like, oh, he's going to uh-huh. do the thing. I, it was awesome. But it also like the Avengers Endgame moment was so, it was years and years of earning it and referencing it. I, unsurprisingly, we're a Marvel show. We, we pick the Marvel <laughs> thing, but that's not a jab at Snyder's work. Uh, I think, I think the Speed Force moment was epic and awesome. I just prefer, I think the Hammer moment and the Portals moment were all, were just, I, I, it's going to be hard to ever match that. Well, who knows? I know. I know. I just pissed off the hive. <laughs> I think we did a very good job of being yeah, diplomatic. Absolutely. Um, if anyone's coming for anybody, I think old James <laughs> is getting it rough today. We got, we will defend Jamie's honor at all costs. Absolutely. All. At all costs. All right, let's move on. So you mentioned Morbius. Well, uh-huh. <laughs> Yep. Oh, man. Okay. So I was at a wedding rehearsal dinner and I opened my phone. <laughs> how all, this is how all the best Marvel news stories start. I just opened yeah, my phone. Absolutely. I looked out. I'm like, oh what God. is happening? First of all, thank you all for hopping on for Spider-Man No Way Home watch party with BD and all of us on yeah. Friday. It was a lot of fun. It was delightful. Mm-hmm. And then at the exact same time, if you, you know, saunter on down the trending tab of Twitter. You have Morbius director Daniel Espinosa just dropping spoiler bombs all up and down the Sony accounts while other Sony content is going on because we, we actually had the No Way Home accounts and the Sony accounts tweeting along with us too. So I'm like, the time streams are broken. We know that from No Way Home, but we didn't realize how broken they were going to be. No, we are not going to talk about those spoilers on the show. There are spoilers out there for the post credit scene. There are major story beats left 
out there in the open. He's explaining stuff that you had, like that we talked about last week of the podcast. That's a plug. Go listen to the last episode of the podcast. Like, <laughs> there's all sorts of weird stuff that this man just let fly, and no one can figure out exactly why he was doing this exactly. <laughs> I have someone who I'm friends with who is close to the project who was like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Wow. Why? So I don't know what's going on over there. BD doesn't know what timeline or what universe Morbius takes place in. <laughs> Most other reviewers don't know either. The embargo drops later. Uh, what, is it later today? It's today. It's today. It's today. We're allowed to share yeah. Reactions. yeah. What are the presale tickets? Do we know? I have no idea. I saw idea. it today. I saw they were tracking for 30, 33 million, I think, and some estimates have it up as high as 40 to 45. I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to do that 40 to 45, but who knows? I mean, it is still a Marvel movie. Jared Leto is Mar- like, he's got a fan base. He's got an audience. Also, I didn't know Jared Leto was 50 years old. Uh, I looked at wow. I, I, that. If I, if I look as good as Jared Leto looks when I'm 50. <laughs> I may not be a big Leto fan, but I'm not going to deny the man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You yeah. see, you see, uh, you see Morbius. He's got a couple shirtless scenes. I'm like, damn, bro. I, I, I made sure to have less than two thousand calories yesterday. I'm twenty <laughs> years younger than you, and I still can't get like that. But uh, yeah, no, Morbius is. Uh, yeah, I'll just the reviews and reactions are are tonight. So just be on Twitter. Yeah. I like. I started to gaslight myself of like, did this movie already come out somewhere internationally, and that's why he's doing this Twitter like thread that is straight up. Like, I had to double check of like, is it out in like other countries, and that's why we're doing this. And it's like, no, it is still not out for another week. But you can go on this thread that can just be retweeted onto your feed unprompted and have everything from this movie spoiled for you, like with no actual context because nobody's seen it. So it was like, this is just the most baffling thing. It's like the mm-hmm. meme of like, well, you can't spoil like your movie can't be spoiled if you spoil it. First. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like I don't understand it. Like, I, it is the weirdest possible decision by far. We I didn't see any of these spoilers, <laughs> and I'm like, but if I did, I don't think I would have any care. <laughs> we need to make the Chris Rock Will Smith meme, and Chris Rock is going into Morbius spoiler free. Will Smith is Morbius director Daniel Espinosa on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy that those spoilers are out that it got, I've never seen, I don't know. Sony had a tremendously successful marketing campaign through accidentally leaking images, uh, Mm -hmm. from, and the trailer. So maybe honestly, if Sony is leaking stuff on purpose, (laughs) publicist of the year award goes to Sony marketing team of the year, actually shout out to Marshall Weinbaum, Disney's publicist who won publicist of the year and coordinates a lot of our interviews, uh, and has really helped phase zero grow tremendously. Marshall Weinbaum won publicist of the year. Super happy for Marshall, always one of the most honest and helpful guys we've we've worked with, uh, it, it, and I've been working with him for seven years, and I'm happy for him. So I want to shout that out. That was actually not planned part of the show, but also <laughs> if Sony is leaking this stuff on purpose and generating millions of dollars, their marketing team deserves a raise. Uh, the same Jamie deserves a raise for that brilliant rant earlier. <laughs> I can't wait for it to progress and like suddenly the entire Madam Web script is online like before film <laughs> even starts. Like it's just like how much further do you go with leaking things before they can even come out mm-hmm. at this point? This is the first movie I've ever seen that there are nerd breakdowns of the movie before the movie hits street date. Like and there's like full like nine minute, ten minute YouTube videos you can go watch right now that mm-hmm. people are breaking down the post credit scenes and stuff. And I'm sitting there <laughs> like, how? How did we get here? 2022 is so weird. 
Oh man. All right. We have so many more topics to talk about this before we even get to Moon Knight. <laughs> this is a well, long show today. I know. We're this is a chonky one. Um, so speaking of the internet and weird things that people didn't expect to see, um, Marvel is changing the Disney Plus shows again. We had been with WandaVision. We had that little flicker of light that might have been Doctor Strange's cape. It might have been a ghost. It's like, who knows at this point? Um, it, it started surfacing the other day. And I don't know how you pick up on this. Like, I'm like, I, I applaud the person who is re-watching the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and deliberately looking for this and then realizing it's happening. But so in the episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier where they go to Madripoor and there's the scientist that they are dealing with, he gets shot by Zemo and in the original cut there's blood coming out of his mouth and he's impaled in the new version that stuff's edited out it's just not there and it's much less gruesome than it originally was this is just the weirdest thing ever this is why physical media still needs to exist because the fact that they can keep consistently doing this and like a lot for for the most part we don't necessarily notice is just a very weird thing it's also like you have all of the defender shows on your streaming service now you have punisher <laughs> on your streaming service now and yet this one bit in falcon and winter soldier is a little too much for you and like moon knight today as we will talk about does not shy away from violence. So it is just the most baffling decision, especially this month with everything else. What do y'all think about it? It's so weird because it's not like this was a Marvel movie that they added. It's a show they made for Disney+. Plus. They yep. knew when they were filming that man's bloody face where it was going. It's right. so... <laughs> Brandon's pulling at me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, it just doesn't make any sense. And But 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 I 100%, that's the thing. Give us the physical media then. If you're gonna... If you, if you're worried about this kind of stuff, let us buy it because I'm pretty sure all of us here would be buying that stuff if it was available. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, but it's also, it just kind of is icky. It's like a weird form of like, like censorship that doesn't, it's just like they're like they're doing it on the sly. What else have they changed that we didn't notice? <laughs> That's the thing I'm wondering yeah. is like they did this to the WandaVision post credit scene already. And then we all were like, is that Dr. Strange floating down from the mountain? Uh, but, it's just like I think this shit is whack, and I it's and so I use I use our one square word of the day because censorship mm-hmm. is. Uh... Well, and like my boyfriend pointed out this morning, at least with like the Star Wars movies, like when George Lucas went in and edited them and changed them, you could still find the originals. Like he was not going into your home and preventing you from accessing the originals as they were. So it's like the fact that now the only way, unless you go on some sort of third party website, the only way you can watch this episode is in the now edited version. It's just such a weird precedent to set. It's, 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 it's like, why? You know, that's yeah. my other, like, genuinely, why? Like, and if they edit the blood off the Captain America shield at one point, I'm going to yeah. be pissed because that's, that's such a great, but that photo's everywhere. Like, you can't even take that back. But this is just moments that people are catching. Like, like you know, really make sure. Are they changing other stuff? Probably. Probably. I mean, it, it reminds, my favorite. <laughs> swing away. Swing away. Uh, <laughs> they're weak to water. Uh, I think that it reminds me of this old Simpsons bit where I think Lisa's trying to watch Bambi and Marge doesn't want her to watch it and she eats the tape. She like really eats the VHS <laughs> so she won't see like the mom deer dying. Uh, it, it's very strange because like I think I hadn't even thought about that, Jamie. They filmed this for the platform. I can see you, even if it's whack and stupid, that you're going to edit a butt out of Splash. Like, that was a, a really old movie. Like, okay. Or, like, you know, Adventures in Babysitting has some editing that's happened to it. Like, someone needs to go on. And there's an amazing, I don't know, I can't tell you, like, the URL to this. But someone, like, cataloged all the differences between 
like the pilot premiere of like Tailspin back in like oh. the early 90s. And apparently there was like gunfire and other stuff in it. And then every repeat airing of it has it edited out. So the place like this company has a long history of, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and edit that out. The kids, it's too much pirate adventure for these children. It's too much. <laughs> It, so, it makes me feel crazy. Like Jenna brought up Star Wars. I remember when I was young and I bought the DVDs and I put in Return of the Jedi and uh, and Hayden Christensen showed up and I was like, yeah. and I remember I was felt so insane that I took out my VHS <laughs> and put the VHS in to switch back and forth <laughs> to make sure that like my brain wasn't broken. I'll never forget that. I was mm-hmm. like 12 and I'm like, what happened to me? <laughs> it's one thing to like edit out Gene's guy. Yeah. You know, on Jeez Mandalorian. Guy. God. Where's he getting Disney Plus series? Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, guy. Yeah. Anyway, all right, we got to keep yeah. moving. My laptop's dying, so I need the oh, one no. minute break so <laughs> I can uh, get the charger. Uh, Andrew Garfield talking about this. We, could, we got some quick hitter news here. That yeah. I don't think he, we've had some good discussions. This is one of my favorite shows we've ever done already. And we're not yeah. even halfway through it. Uh, Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Talking about the amazing Spider-Man three at the Oscars, which also there's an adorable photo of or video of Andrew Garfield finding Zendaya and catching her for a selfie. Uh, and uh, he is asked about the amazing Spider-Man three by THR. And he said, no update for me. No one's going to believe anything I say ever again. That's my problem. Uh, you're right. The amazing Spider-Man three confirmed. We don't believe you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we're, I think we're going to do this. Is uh, I shouldn't even. Oh, if okay. I relate these two things, it'll seem like a spoiler. Oh no! And I don't. Even, I've already said too much about <laughs> too much. something that isn't even going to happen. But is it or is it not? I'm just confusing you now on purpose. So, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man three confirmed. Andrew Garfield told THR at the Oscars. So, uh, yeah, I think it's inevitable, and I very much think it's going to happen. And I very much think that by this time next week, we will, or maybe on Friday, we'll be talking about where we think this is all going to go. Um, so, yeah, we'll move on. Guardians. Jamie. Oh, is that me? Sorry, I'm just like, so much is happening, you guys. Oh, my God. Okay, so James Gunn has teased on Twitter that the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is going to introduce multiple new MCU characters, which is very exciting. There's lots to speculate. I feel like Santa's a given. If Santa's not in this, what's the point? That seems insane. Um, BD was like Nova, maybe. And you know what's the thing about the thing about the holiday special is that I'm so jazzed about is they could really introduce some big characters. And I mentioned this in the podcast before, but it's really worth remembering that Boba Fett was introduced in the Star Wars holiday special. Boba Fett. And a character so iconic, he's get he still has getting TV shows and stuff. So I like I'm really jazzed. Who do you guys? Who would you like to see like wild card show up in this holiday special? Any? Is there I, anybody? I mean, it feels expected, but like if they don't kind of lean into the Jesus metaphor of Adam Warlock, then like that is a missed opportunity because it feels like with the holiday special with like the Christmas iconography, you can totally play up Adam Warlock that way, and it feels very akin to Boba Fett of like, hey, his first cameo appearance is in the holiday special. His first full appearance is in volume three and then we just kind of go from there um but yeah i santa has to be in this if mark hamill is not playing santa in the holiday special i will be genuinely surprised because that feels so perfect on so many levels i mean i i I feel like jenna just 
took what I was going to say about like Santa and Mark Hamill. Like it pretty much, it would be hysterical if he had like a recurring role instead of just this one-off thing where it's like, nah, man, we gotta, we gotta do some stuff. Santa's in the Midnight Suns. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we also need to acknowledge that um, our own Jim Viscardi tweeted at Gun and asked if the Viscardis, the race of aliens that are named after him in the comics are going to make their MCU, MCU debut. And Gunn liked that tweet. So oh, well. <laughs> in his mind, that is confirmed. Jim, if, there's Jim. A, if, if Jim gets an alien race named after him in the MCU, I will literally quit. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Guess who's the new host of Phase Zero? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will literally, I will, I am, I'm, I'm jumping ship. I'm going, I'm not even going to DC. I'm just going straight to Halo. Like it's, I'm, just, I'm, I'm sticking my teeth into Halo. Uh, I, obviously, I, I want to see Nova. But uh, I think there's a like, what if they introduce Adam Warlock in the holiday special? You know, yeah, there's absolutely. a so we'll see. I think it, we're going to see Santa Claus. Mark Hamill has to be there as Santa. Who else? Come on. Um, um, sorry, I, I missed part of that conversation because I was getting my my computer plugged in. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Good job. He didn't preemptively quit. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is teasing a Blind Owl's return in Deadpool 3. He tweeted or posted a thank you to Leslie Uggams about see you soon. And that I really enjoy her in, in those movies. Like it's, it's going to be a riot. It really feels like they're going to find some way to really recapture the magic from the first two here and like the Marvel realm, which is basically what everybody's worried about. Like the, the anxiety level about, well, can you really do this or that? And Marvel uh, seems to be an enduring like cloud over all of these projects, including Moon Knight, which we'll get to in just a second. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see those two together and hopefully no more weird baby hands. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. Imagine how they'll edit that for Disney Plus. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Go, please, just go. How long until they put, like, the PG cut of Deadpool, like, that one that they re-released for Christmas, how long until they put that on on Disney Plus? Like, just to see what happens. I feel like that would be, yeah. Yeah. I want to walk down Main Street in Disney World and see Deadpool merch. (laughs) That would be hilarious. That would be so great. Like, Deadpool next to Snow White. (laughs) (laughs) just go to every comic-con ever and you just see that you just see 30 deadpools in places that you shouldn't be (laughs) deadpool ears i like that comment refinery they had the scarlet witch ears i don't know if those were real i saw them on twitter i saw people were trying to buy the scarlet witch ears those look sick me me and jamie talked about that for 30 minutes yes oh these are etsy ones these are not uh these are these are but like they look very similar to these but these are from etsy those nice. are awesome. Nice. Yeah, it. no, Evans Larson's no Deadpool uh is not on Disney. Wait. I don't have Deadpool on Disney Plus. Do you guys? No. No, no. man. But I'm, I was just saying, like, it, like, it, it would be interesting if it eventually showed up on there. It might it be internationally be. if people have like the stuff. It is overseas, says Damon Streams. <laughs> there we go. Wow. Then. Here yeah. we are. In America where we get episodes at 3 a.m. and no Deadpool. <laughs> 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 yep. 
right. One more, one more topic. Then we got to yeah. take a quick break. Our last piece of news for the day is that um, Ryan Coogler, director of Black Panther and Black Panther Wakanda Forever, is involved with the Ironheart Disney Plus show. Um, Anthony Ramos, who has been cast on Ironheart and who is probably playing the hood until I am convinced otherwise, um, said to Extra, it's incredible people, Shanaka Hodge, Ryan Coogler, and just like a dope squad, you know, Dominique Thorne. I just feel very blessed and grateful. This totally makes sense for me because like he's helping introduce Riri into the MCU. So it, I'm like not surprised at all. I told, I totally expect this to be like an executive producer credit, but if he's actually involved in kind of a hands-on capacity, that is also going to be kind of cool too. Cause I feel like Ironheart is going to be a show that is going to be really special. And like people have no idea of that at that point. So having Googler involved would be very cool. What do y'all think? I think it's smart. I think like Marvel has these kind, they're, they're kind of developing these, people who become kind of figureheads in different factions or like pockets of the MCU. Like James Gunn seemed to be like the cosmic guy. Taika is clearly like over Thor stuff. Ryan Coogler seems to be attached to Wakanda stuff. And with Riri being introduced in Wakanda forever, that makes sense for him to be like, like there seems to be subsects of characters who are kind of going to be more tied together than other characters, than they will with other characters. And like you, all of it ends up going through Feige, but it seems like it all kind of like, goes here and then up to Feige. So I think it's smart. Like I think Coogler knows what he's doing. He has a deep passion for these characters and he's introducing her. Why not keep him involved? Mm-hmm. I'm just worried about his sleep schedule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff going on, man. Creed. I constantly think about how much this man like had to like re- rewrite a whole movie and it's just like, give him, give him something to do that's easy. I know. Oh my gosh. And Brandon Moore pointed out Destin Daniel Craig is overseeing the Shang-Chi oh, yeah. projects. That's right. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Everybody's right. busy. Everybody's busy. You get in with Marvel. You have, you're, you're, you're employed. For, for, <laughs> why don't you do a good job? You're employed. It's the Simpsons theme of like, don't forget you're here forever. <laughs> Unless you're Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> Ooh, that's a strength. Wow. Even, even Oscar. Even yeah, he Oscar come back. He got, you're right. He did have he, that cameo. In, in he had a little before. voice cameo. Right. So you're that right, man too. got the bag for saying, for sending a mayday. <laughs> to open Infinity War. Uh, but yeah, all right. Uh, we're going to take a real quick break here. We're going to come back. Full spoilers for Moon Knight uh, in the second half, or second, third, fourth quarter of the show. Uh, we'll <laughs> see y'all in a minute. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Phase Zero, Season 2, Episode 12. This is where the spoilers begin. We're talking about Moon Knight, Episode 1. The drought is over. We have new content. It's been such a long 2022, but we're here. Thank the Egyptian gods for getting us <laughs> to this point. Uh, we're going to go around. I've shared my reactions kind of vaguely on Twitter, spoiler-free. I will save myself for last here so I don't take up all the time and hog all the words. Aaron, you're at the top of the screen. What did you think of Episode 1 of Moon Knight? 
Uh, it's so, so very, very different from anything that's come before. They had said that the beginning opening shot was very, very different. And then when I booted it up, I was like, well, no, I guess, okay, you weren't lying. All right. Sounds good. I'm I'm hooked in now. Like, chancletas with the, with, with glass in them does not, it does not seem like a, a, a winning strategy, but he is terrifying. I love Oscar Isaac. He is just, they just let him go. And it, with some of these, with some of the talent they let in MCU, sometimes you're like, could you just let them go ahead and be themselves? And the, it's like they took the the knob and cranked it to twelve and broke it off, like yep, and just keep it there. And it's completely sustained by his energy and his performance. So I love the beginning of this. It's um, it's really really fun. I'm with you. I'm with you, Jamie. What'd you think? Oh man, so great. And I want to preface by saying that I'm the only person here that has not seen all four episodes from the screeners. I just got the screeners yesterday. So I messaged BD and I was like, it's silly for me to watch these all today. Why not let me be the one person who takes this journey with our audience? So I don't know what is going on. And I love that. Uh, I'm so happy I get to experience this week to week because without having much new Moon Knight knowledge, I am just deep in this ride of like, what the heck? I My Moon Knight knowledge extends to the trailers for this television show. So I am loving how bonkers crazy this is. And I'm, I mean, as we all are, because we're like, like human beings, I'm such a big Oscar Isaac fan. He's such a good actor. Uh, Inside Lewin Davis is like a top three Coen Brothers movie for me. And I'm uh, obviously a big Star Wars sequel fan. Um, and so I knew he was going to crush this show, but I still was like blown away by this man's performance. Cause it's like, it's, he's being goofy and he's being scary and he's just across the board. And I think this might be uh, my favorite MCU performance since Elizabeth Olsen uh, dominated WandaVision. Uh, is it better than that? Come on. Don't I'm not insane, um, but I'm I'm just I'm blown away by Oscar Isaac in this show, and I cannot wait to see where it goes. His his English accent is almost as good as mine. Jenna, what do you think? <laughs> People were placing bets before we started of how long it would take for you to slip into the accent. <laughs> so I think so many people are losing because you haven't done it yet. Um, well, I did an Andrew Garfield quote and I was like, "Nah, I reserve these for Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> good idea. Um, I, I loved this episode, like even just rewatching it again this morning. Like there are so many little just jokes and lines that just are like so much fun to watch. Oscar just sells this show so wholeheartedly. I could not imagine anybody else in this role and having this show work to the degree that it does. Like the, the level of commitment and just fun that he seems to be having is just on a whole other level. I had like alluded to it last week, but the, the shot of him eating chocolates, like hunched over just like with the fish tank in the foreground is like such a mood. Like I am so excited to use that as like a gif all the time. Um, I think this is just such an interesting character, like introduction in so many different ways. And to a degree that we haven't really had in the MCU in a while, like we've, we've had characters be introduced in this very traditional three act structure of a movie and getting to really kind of sit and linger in Stephen Grant and then later Mark Spector is just like so much fun. And I feel like people are really going to resonate with this character so much. Yeah. Aaron, what'd you think? Um, man, I just like, there's so many funny weird little things that people might because i saw some of the reviews saying that it starts kind of slow or whatever i don't know if we were watching the same show but (laughs) there are things in episode one that you're going to come back to with new eyes when you watch the rest of it because watch this again i was like huh 
Wow, it's really well crafted. I lo- I saw somebody in the comments going "Laters Gators" and stuff like that. It's <laughs> funny because like Steven's such a like a weird little. He's so different from most other protagonists in this universe. You know what I mean? They all have a sort of weird like hyper competency to them before they even get their powers or whatever happens to them. That it's like, yeah, this he just kind of he's just kind of a doof running around <laughs> and getting and getting insulted by multiple people in his life all the time. I feel bad. The worm. <laughs> <laughs> he got called a worm. <laughs> he God. Oh my God. I love Conchie yeah. so much. Conchie's <laughs> Conchie's got that dry, savage humor. Uh, so good. Man, I didn't mean to cut you off though. I just had to <laughs> <laughs> If, if yeah, it's for uh, him getting called a worm, it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I mean, I, I echo everything the three of you just said. I thought it was brilliant. I think Oscar Isaac's work is great. I think Ethan Hawke does just a really great job as Arthur Harrow. I want to explain, you know, later in a bit who Arthur Harrow is from comics, who the Sun King is, who he seems to be also emulating. Uh, because I know a lot of a lot of our our listeners come to us for that sort of stuff, and we have a good crash course on all that. Uh, but yeah, I thought uh, the, the fact that I, I love the way that it just flipped perspective and the action sequences like got skipped basically because to keep the perspective and the confusion of the mystery. As somebody like as all of us know, Moon Knight has the multiple personality situation going on. Like we know what happened when he's driving and all of a sudden cut and now he's driving backwards and everybody's dead. Like we know what happened. I would love to see what that experience is like to somebody who genuinely doesn't know Moon Knight because those people exist. I would argue the majority of the people watching this don't know what happened there. They're just like, what is going on? This is a crazy mystery. And I think it's a really cool way that they told that story. I also, Mohamed Diab, who directed this, that last scene, I, I, I'm a filmmaking nerd. You all know, I've talked about I made a short film. Like, I think making movies is one of the like the coolest, most fun things you could do. And being creative in that way is super cool. The I tried to think about how did this man create this continuous shot where Stephen Grant and Mark Spector are talking to each other in the bathroom, in the mirrors. And it's a, like, it's a, it never cuts. Like, if you guys watch it, like, a lot of that is just the camera moving around Oscar Isaac. And there's a mirror there. There's a mirror there. There's a mirror behind him. And like I can't fathom how they did that. It was so well done. I wanted to give him credit for that. Uh, Muhammad Diab directs episodes one, three, five, and six, and he does a brilliant job. And I wanted to talk about that. And I also, the last thing I want to talk about is that I'm so glad we got a fully formed hero in the first episode instead mm-hmm. of the Disney Plus trope of saving yes. it for the end. We got Moon Knight. <laughs> we got enough of Moon Knight. We're going to see more of Moon Knight. I promise you. Episode two starts with Moon Knight, but we saw him right out of the gate. We're not just, okay, well, there's this guy who you might see eventually down the road. And then you got to see him in the last episode. We got him right away. Jamie's got thoughts. I just, I've talked about this a lot where I'm not a big fan of origin stories. I There's very few origin movies that I'm really into. And the fact that it like started, like he's already chaining himself to a bed. Even if he doesn't quite understand what's happening, it's already happening. We're not seeing what, whatever came before. And I love that because it's weird and fun and confusing and mysterious. And it's not just answering question after question immediately. Cause I think that's kind of boring. So I'm loving the direction they chose to take with that. All right, we have one more person who needs to share their spoiler-filled reaction. Uh, coming over my shoulder now, you may know him. It's Moon Knight Viscardi. Let's go! I can't hear anybody, but uh, I just need to very quickly just say, one, Gus stands unite. Let's go. I yes. love, we love you, Gus. We love you. And The most every, confusing marketing the, tweet the, of all the time. I love that poster. But two, 
I know every single person watching that first episode literally threw a, a fist or punched the air in those like last five to 10 seconds of the episode. Like when you see that jackal crawling, like trying to scratch its way out of the door, that literally was the moment where I said, oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> But I'm so excited. I, I, I Nobody's even saying anything. Just so you know, you're not missing. Everybody totally is blown fine. away by your enthusiasm. I want you to know I mean, that. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, it's going to be one of Look, look. I will be back for. I will be back for next week, and we will talk all all Moon Knight. But this is. I have been waiting so long to be able to talk about this show, having seen it. Like it was. Brandon and I were talking earlier. I almost feel like cursed in a sense that knowing that what we have seen already and having to wait till we get. To not knowing anything, but then also being able to just like enjoy this ride with the fans. Look, no one knew who Moon Knight was three years ago. No one cared about who Moon Knight was a literal meme of throwing random ish and uh, going after Dracula for his money. Okay. Now, everyone, like, he has an avatar on Disney Plus. You can literally <laughs> go to Disney Plus right now and make your avatar Moon Knight. And you did that, Jim. I did that immediately. That was all me. That was all me. I take all the credit for it. Look, I'm wearing my good night, right. moon night shirt. I Earlier love today, I took credit for, for Nova. So oh, perfect. Yeah. I mean, look, so. this is this is the thing. It's it, it's the craziest idea that here we are in 2022. The MCU has existed for as long as it has, and we have Moon Knight of yeah. all characters. So now uh, the campaign for the century starts. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and you you heard it here first. Who's playing century? I mean, I don't know. Ryan Hurst said he wants to do it. So <laughs> no, give it to true. Ryan Hurst. Guess you gotta get a big fella in there. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm out of here. I'll see you all, all next right. week. I love you all. My, my Jim dude. popped in like he was like announcing a wrestling match. I know. Like yep. he was so like, he came in like a wrestling <laughs> announcer and they loved it. I love that right. shirt also. That is the most amazing yeah, shirt. That's a good like, shirt. That is so we couldn't good. do this without getting some Jim content on the show. No. Um, all right. So we got to, we only have a few minutes left in the show. A couple of Easter eggs I want to run through really quickly. And then I want to hear from all of you. Um, I also, a couple comic things. I want to start with comic things. The biggest change from the comics is Stephen Grant. Stephen Grant in the comics is a billionaire. He's a businessman. He's involved in movies. Uh, and in this show, works in a gift shop, is not rich. I believe that that is because Stephen Grant is a billionaire funding Moon Knight's adventures and activities in the show would be too similar to Batman. Uh, and I think that that's pretty clear that they changed that for that reason. Having like an alter ego that pays for everything versus the vigilante who fights crime at night would very much be Bruce Wayne and Batman. So they changed it and it works. I don't really care. I've said on the show, I'm not a comics purist. There are things from the comics you have to get right. They got the costume right. They got the, I mean, they did, a, they did a lot of stuff right. I, I'm okay with that change. Um, in the, in the phone, in the phone that that's this episode, right? Where he finds the phone. That's the first episode. Yes. Okay. First episode, he finds the phone and he scrolls through. It's a bunch of calls from Layla. Layla's kept calling Oscar Isaac. No surprise there. Um, I don't know why they put her name with a Y. <laughs> the 32, number 32 of the call log was, it said Duchamp, not Duchamp, not Machamp, Duchamp, which is Jean-Paul Duchamp. Jean-Paul Duchamp is Frenchie in the comics. That is a friend oh, to yeah. Moon Knight who uh, is there basically when Moon Knight gets his powers he is there in Egypt when Mark Spector turns on Bushman or is it Bushman I don't know how to pronounce that one is it but he turns on him and like because they want to execute somebody 
Mark Spector doesn't want to. He gets left for dead by the, mer the person who hired him as a mercenary. He ends up getting the powers of Conchu, which bring him back to life. And then Duchamp is the one who's there. Frenchy becomes his pilot and his buddy and the one person he really can trust. So I do think that we're going to see Jean-Paul Duchamp in the show. I think that'll be cool. I don't know who's going to play him, but that's a cool nod that that's there. Um, and also, there are more personalities than Mark and Steven in the comics. There is Jake Lockley, a cab driver who's basically the informant, the man on the ground who gets kind of like the sources from the criminal underworld and all kinds of different information for Mark and Steven to act accordingly. Somebody asked that coworker on a date and it does. It certainly wasn't Stephen Grant. And you can only assume it wasn't Mark Spector because he doesn't have an English accent. and She would notice the difference. Jake Lockley, is that you? Are we going to get our 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 cabbie? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, and I think the goldfish thing, maybe that's a reference to having a short memory. Um, I've, I thought, okay, I think I ended up just trailing off there. My, my only other points here <laughs> are great. about the Ennead, yeah. the, the Ennead, which is an Egyptian mythology about nine gods. I did some research on that. There are different versions of which nine gods make it up. Uh, but in the show, we saw, we have, uh, oh, wait, let me pull up. The, I wrote down which nine gods they were. It was Horus. It was Osiris. It was Jeb. It was Shu. Um, I need to pull up my notes here about who the other ones were, but there were two missing it, which is what Arthur, uh, Arthur, who's Arthur. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> Ethan Hawke's character. Uh, Horus, Osiris, Tefnut, Jeb, Shu, Hathor. And there's a reference to Towerette, the hippo God, who we know has been cast for this show in merch in the gift shop. But there are two missing, which Steven points out, which makes me think Khonshu and Amit are going to be part of the story, or maybe they killed some people. Also, Gore the God Butcher is on the way in Thor, Love, and Thunder. Some gods have to get killed. Maybe Gore is killing people. Uh, but that is also something that pulls in Egyptian mythology. And I want to also dive into Arthur Harrow slash Sun King. I'm sorry that I'm taking all this, the airtime here, <laughs> but I'm excited to have some colleagues knowledge to share with everybody. Arthur Harrow in comics is a scientist. He gets a Nobel Prize nomination for... Uh, his work in pain theory, which I thought is cool. And that was referenced right out of the gate with the glass in his shoes. I'm like, all right, this man enjoys pain. He avoids pleasure. He, uh, all this stuff. So, uh, <laughs> so I, he, where his story becomes one where he says he's experimenting on animals. It turns out he was experimenting on people in Auschwitz. So another Dr. Grail, this woman, Victoria Grail discovers that he's a bad person, tries to put a stop to him. She ends up getting kidnapped, kidnapped, Moon Knight saves her. They work together to stop dark, uh, Dr. Arthur Harrow, who's just a bad scientist, who's a bad person, very, very bad, terrible person. Uh, and they end up working together to stop him. But it also seems like he's emulating Sun King, who's also known as Patient 86 in the comics. He was in a, a mental health institution in Ravencroft. Uh, they ha he had the same doctor as uh, Mark Spector did, Dr. Emmett. So they had like that's kind of a pullback to the comics. Sun King is a character who uh, amasses a cult-like following, and just he's he's a bad guy. So it seems like they're kind of merging these two characters together, Arthur Harrow and Sun King, who are different people. Um, and it's interesting that because, I, like I said, I, we've we've seen this before uh, in, in Marvel. Uh, I have any more notes here? <laughs> I'm just making sure. Okay. All right. No, I think that's all there. And we're gonna have a video later on the brand new Phase Zero YouTube channel, which I hope you're watching us live on. Um, Breaking this all down really concisely and in a much more organized fashion. This is the rambled version. And now I'm done. <laughs> Jenna, Jamie, Aaron, the floor is yours. I'm retired.
I will say to your thing about Stephen Grant, like I tweeted about this earlier this morning, it feels very similar to how Peacemaker adapted Vigilante of like, if you look in the comics, Adrian Chase is a completely different person. He is not as like jokey and kind of like happy go lucky and twisted as like Vigilante is portrayed on the show. But it is such a strong characterization and it's portrayed so well that you can kind of like let that slide. So I feel like Stephen Grant is a very similar thing. Like I'm sure there are a handful of people who are like, I'm sad he's not the Batman-esque billionaire that he is in the comics. But like Oscar plays it so well that like you can kind of let that that let that slide <laughs> i agree everyone is just silent i get put on the big screen like i have big thoughts to add. <laughs> <laughs> richard said yeah. jamie you're up <laughs> yep uh adrian chase well, peacemaker was so good i wish we could have talked i could have had more of a platform to talk about peacemaker i know but, uh, we're a marvel show <laughs> <laughs> oh, peacemaker was great it's honestly i love this is i think peacemaker is still depending on five and six of moon Knight. peacemaker still is my favorite show of the year so far i've only watched like two so whatever but we'll see how, if that holds up by the end of the year but this moon knight's first episode was my favorite first episode of any of the disney plus shows i think yeah. that the second place for me is loki uh falcon Winter soldier a pretty good one wandavision's first episode alone it's not the high it's not nearly the highest ranking episode of wandavision for me i thought it was good but it was so confusing and if you don't watch two and three with it i think you're left pretty like what's going on here uh, but and what if definitely not <laughs> and what else was there uh, Hawkeye Hawkeye had Hawkeye. a good first episode but yeah. yeah Moon Knight definitely is my number one in terms of premieres I think I had the best first episode and I do think that if five and six keep up the quality that one through four had there is a chance that uh, Moon Knight ends up being my favorite I, what I would say is the best show from the Marvel Studios shows so far uh, and I know that's going to be controversial because WandaVision is so good Loki is brilliant both of those two go neck and neck and it depends what side of the bed I wake up on more often than not. I put one division up there, but I think Moon Knight has a chance. Maybe it's recency bias. And we'll have to let this one digest until the end of the year to think about it, but we'll see that. I think this- or- organically, they're just getting better at doing this, right? Absolutely. Like their first couple, they're like doing it and never have made TV before. And like, you have to sort of get a feel for the format and stuff. Like there is something to be said about how Moon Knight plays when you have all of it to watch it in a row yeah, that makes it feel a little bit more like Falcon Winter Soldier where it's like, man, shotgunning this all at the same time is like a very different experience than getting one after one. one. But this, the beginning of this is stronger than some of and than most of the other ones. I will say that too. I think that's really, really true because I was sitting there like, wow, like, whoa, like this is completely different. Like you said, we got the costume in the end of episode one. What else is going to happen? Because that like, you know, Spencer Perry likes to joke with me all the time. He's like, that's what these shows are for. He's like, this is this, this is about getting people new costumes for the next movie. And I'm like, you, sir, are mean. <laughs> you, sir, are not nice. We've talked about that on here so many times. Like Falcon and Winter Soldier, it gives you great depth about Sam Wilson, but you could go from Endgame to Captain America 4 and just like there's not, I, I, I could very well be wrong about this when Cap 4 comes out. There isn't anything in, in Falcon and Winter Soldier that feels like must know content, like need this to see it. And that's true of most of these shows. Like you went into Spider Man No Way Home without having seen Loki. You don't, it doesn't matter. You just know the multiverse is there. And so it's, I'm very interested to see, I think WandaVision is going to tie pretty thoroughly into Doctor Strange because going from Wanda being just kind of sad at the end of Endgame to 
everything she did and had happened to her in WandaVision is going to be, you know, I think that that's really going to enhance your experience on strange more so than any of the other shows. But uh, yeah, no, that's, I, I'm glad we came out swinging in the first episode. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Do we have any, uh, any final thoughts we want to talk about on Moon Knight episode one? I'm so excited for everyone to see the rest. Cause it like only gets crazier from here. <laughs> I'm it excited is, to be I, everyone and to see the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I When I tweeted my reaction, I said it plays like a movie. And I realized how frustrating that is because I got all four episodes at the same time. And watching all four at the same time, I thought like I really, really enjoyed that. And I was really curious to see how people would react seeing these kind of stopping points. Like Mandalorian has a very episodic arc to each episode. Like there's a mission of the week and the overarching story. Whereas Moon Knight and most of the Marvel shows have just been the story. And they kind of just stop for a second after. Yeah. Yeah, WandaVision like is the only one that needed to be week to week. I feel mm. like um, the rest I'm could still, have been. Yeah, I agree. But I'm, I'm always going to be team weekly. I'm always going to be yeah. team weekly. Oh, I, like I think both have, the, I think both have their place, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but sometimes it can be interchangeable. Like sometimes I don't think it really makes a difference. Um, and I think in the case of Disney, I prefer week to week as well, but I do think mm-hmm. WandaVision is the only one that, that, n- wouldn't have worked without it yeah no i definitely agree with you that's that's 100 true all right y'all well that is our show i thank you so much for watching we have our new phase of our youtube channel go search it we're we've already over 1200 subscribers we just launched it on friday and we have already uploaded we started on monday we have tons of interviews we're just pushing out there we got tons of content still for the rest of the week uh we're going to start focusing on that channel quite a bit and uh trying to reward our people who subscribe there with some really cool content we also started a phase zero twitter community which uh i'm still figuring out how that works um but it is like a place where we can just go tweet about marvel and blow up the phase zero community twitter thread instead of like all of our other friends who might not be marvel fans (laughs) so we could just talk to each other find each other talk about marvel all the time i demand kindness and welcoming attitudes in there uh it's okay to like stuff it's okay to not like stuff but if you be mean to people about their opinions or takes for no reason at all we're not going to allow that we will kick you from the from the community uh but we welcome everybody into the community to come talk about marvel and make friends and meet each other and uh have a little virtual hangout 24 7 so that's gonna be fun stuff and thank you so much for subscribing to the channel please continue to subscribe to the channel those it sounds so silly but i know this will make sense to a lot of people the phase zero channel growing the numbers of our views going up the number of our subscribers going up is just going to mean more opportunities uh for us to connect people for us to get those fan surprise videos and stuff that i really love doing and getting fans involved in meeting people and asking your questions to celebrities and stuff like i that's that's my favorite part of all this we're able to bring people in get them to be part of the show and be part of the interactions and the more we grow that like it's not just for the benefit of comicbook.com and all that stuff and the corporate mindset of it it is genuinely publicists look at that they say wow these people put up numbers let's send this person over there people like marshall weinbaum who we congratulated earlier in the day they have a boss they have to answer to and justify getting a half hour of talent talking to people and the higher our numbers are the bigger our community is the more engaged everybody is the easier that is for us my rant is over that's our channel introduction jamie any final words for the show 
Yeah, I do have a final word. Um, if if it is safe for you to go to the movies, if it's playing near you, I implore you to go see Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. It is one of the yeah. best original films I have seen in literal years. There, I, I am convinced it will be my favorite movie of the year, which is a bold statement because it's also a multi multiverse film. So <laughs> that's also me saying I think it's going to be my favorite multiverse movie of the year, which is crazy coming from me. I, it's Bro. beautiful. It's wild. It's funny. I, please 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 see it on a big screen uh, movies like that that don't have that aren't ip or anything they they need your support if again if it's safe if you feel comfortable going to the movies and that is the end of me today thank you all for listening I to me sure, rant i love you all i for sure <laughs> thought you were gonna say go see morbius support small films <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, I was in LA last weekend and I looked up showtimes for everywhere, everything everywhere all at once and I want to see the movie so badly and it was going to cost me like $75 in movie tickets and Uber so I was like, I'll just see it when I get home. It's not playing in Nashville until April 22nd. I regret my decision. I want to see that movie so bad. Jenna. That's a bummer. Um, yeah, go follow me on Twitter at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn and go read some comics. Um, there's some great ones this week. I was flipping through Immortal X-Men number one earlier, and that is just very wild and very good. So, yeah, go read comics and enjoy. And there you guys. Uh, it's at Summon Lake Hornet on Twitter. Um, I implore you to go watch that movie as well that I am in Cleveland and that is not playing here until... <laughs> God knows when. So I'm probably going to see it when I go home too. And we're going to have to drive at least an hour to go see it. And it'll be well worth the time. Um, also, I guess, what what else can we, what else can we say? Get, please uh, tell us what you want us to talk about on this phase zero uh, YouTube <laughs> channel, as far as theories or other weird stuff. I see you guys asking for a room tour. Here I am in a void again. <laughs> I live in a void. This is where I stay. So <laughs> just let us know what you guys want. And we'll give it to you. Thanks for watching. And uh, we're going to figure out if we're going to do a Morbius episode. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping we can do it on Friday, but I don't know that everybody's going to be able to see the movie. Uh, our interview with Daniel Espinosa has been cut down much shorter and off video. So I don't wow. even know if we want to put that on the podcast. So we'll figure that out. But, uh, if you see Morbius, let us know your thoughts. Our thoughts who have from people who have seen it go up on Wednesday night. So they'll be out in the world, and I'm sure that's going to be a, a good, good time. Uh, but that's Phase Zero Season 2, Episode 12. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for subscribing to the new YouTube channel. I'm Brandon Davis. Hit me up anytime you want. Go join our Twitter community. I'll figure out how to invite you. Good night, I guess. On a, on, a, on a great project, dude, Moon Knight. I've seen the first four, and it's, it's just awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's cool. So they're bringing everybody back from the OG Spider-Man movies. You produced those <laughs> Spider-Man movies almost 20 years ago for some of them. Toby's back. Sam yeah. Raimi's back with Marvel. You're back with Marvel. I want to start there. How has the experience compared? Uh, what kind of changes have you experienced in these types of projects? Uh, you know, the, the change is not a lot because I will say this, and I, I know you know this. Whether it was Spider-Man, whether it's Iron Man, whether it's Guardians of the Galaxy, I think one of the true geniuses that is Kevin Feige is all of these Marvel stories are anchored in intense character explorations. And that's what makes these unique. That's what makes them so good. All this incredible spectacle gets added afterwards, and it's an incredible journey, an incredible ride um, that Marvel is truly at the top of their game. But I think, you know, th that's why there's, there's, also, there's always a freshness, but there's always... A familiarity because everything is anchored in character. So the stuff we were doing on Spider-Man, man, I took a lot of stuff that I learned from Sam, 
applied it to Moon Knight. You know, it's always character first. Sam was always saying, if you don't care about Peter Parker, you're not going to soar with him through the caverns of New York. Same thing with Mark Spector, with Stephen Grant, with Moon Knight. If you don't care about Mark Spector and Stephen Grant, you're not going to really care what happens to Moon Knight. And so you just take that journey and those learnings from, from Sam, from Kevin, from storytellers at the top of their game, from Lou, Victoria, Brad, um, and obviously the great actors like Tobey Maguire and then Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke, May Kalamaui. Uh, man, for me, I feel blessed. Lightning struck twice. Spider-Man, Moon Knight. I'll take them both. That's awesome, dude. I would love. Do you do you and Sam or Toby keep up now? Have you had a chance to swap secrets on your projects or collaborate at all? <laughs> well, no secrets because we all signed the NDA. <laughs> oh, but, sure. <laughs> but I can tell you, Sam's an amazing man. Uh, I love that guy, and I, I can't wait to see what he does with Doctor Strange. And I, I just, I, I love him as a storyteller. Yeah, I, th well, I think we're all big fans of Sam here. Uh, when, when you guys started cracking the story of Moon Knight, uh, were you taking a look at classic Moon Knight books from like the 80s or some of the more recent stuff like Jeff Lemire's runs uh, in, in the recent years? What do you think are the core elements from comics that really summarize like the character you wanted to deliver in live action? Yeah, you know, my friend, I, we were going back to 1975 and Werewolf by Night because, you know, that's where he got launched in issues 32 and 33. Mm -hmm. And then bounced around in some Marvel IP, which we took to look at in the, the next five years until 1980, he got his own comic. Um, and then we looked at 1980 on, um, read every, every comic. And I think what we were really focusing on when we were starting the writer's room of Moon Knight is not necessarily one particular issue or one particular run. We were starting to single out what are the themes and the tones that are consistent throughout Moon Knight's journey through the decades. And once you start looking at that, you start picking up on, you know, the very Indiana Jones-esque globetrotting action adventure. You do, you do start to pick up on the very, very intense character study that the Moon Knight comics are. Um, you do start to realize that in the Moon Knight comic, more than others, sometimes things go bump in the night. It's a little bit spookier. It's a little bit darker. And then you do start to pick up on the humor that is inherent uh, in the Moon Knight comics, which is obviously inherent in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But we started to look at those themes and tones. And that's really when the story started to, to form itself is, again, not looking at a particular issue, but just what's the flavor we want to tell uh, in this Disney Plus offering. I can't wait till we get to the point where Moon Knight is just walking into rooms full of Avengers with sarcasm, like, screw you, I, I got a mission here. Like, let's just, you know, his dry humor from the comics. That's going to be fun. Uh, would, he rip up, would he rip up the card, the Avenger card, or would he not rip it up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he ripped it up in the pages when he did like, oh my gosh. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll uh, see where he lands. I do have a team up question, but I'm saving it for later. Uh, <laughs> I do, you guys deliver a classic Moon Knight suit in this, and I want to hear, when you guys were designing that, and, and I'm sure you went through various versions of concept art and stage was there ever like a nervousness of going full comic with it or do you think like you know we've had a tree we've had a raccoon we've had captain america in a spangly suit the audiences have accepted what marvel is giving them now you know there wasn't a nervousness when we were talking about the moon knight suit because it's so classically drawn for decades it's just it's there on the page and it's various iterations and we grabbed little hints of probably all those uh, iterations but what you do realize what's classic about the Moon Knight suit, you know, I wear white so they see me coming. A white suit, man, that's tough. When you're rolling around the streets and fighting crime, that's the one thing that we worried about more than anything is how do we keep this thing clean and cool looking? But um, in terms of the look, um, man, it's had such classic designs uh, through the years. And then as you can imagine, the Marvel design team, Ryan um, and Rodney and team, they just, along with Megan, our costume designer, they knocked it out of the park. Um, also, Oscar came in. He had some changes in, man, I've been studying this through the ages. Can we do this? Can we do that? Can we tweak that? We did. And it was really a 
group effort. And I think it's going to show on the screen. I think people are going to love this costume. And as we know, the MCU does love to update costumes with each new project. Moon Knight has a, a more modern one that's like the black and white. And he's got gadgets like the, like the glider plane thing, uh, the moon shape there. Like, do you think that that's some stuff that could be fun to play with? Have you started to fantasize already about what, where he could go, what he could look like in the future? Hey, I, at my heart, I'm a fanboy, so I've been fantasizing about where he may go from here. But, you know, as you can imagine, with all things Marvel, it's a great um, question for our leader, Kevin Feige. Um, but I will say this, because of those tones of those themes that we talked about earlier, the globetrotting action adventure, the character study, the things that go bump in the night, the humor. I don't think there's too many corners of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that Moon Knight can't merge into. Um, so like the rest of the fans, I can't wait to see where he pop up, pops up next. And uh, I'm going to have to ask Kevin that question. I want to ask you about, we get, we get a lot of Mark, we get a lot of Steven. I know, you know, from the comics, there are more personalities to this character. Uh, is there, is there more of that to come? Can you tease maybe a ca certain cab driver? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a great cab driver on the pages. I can't say whether he's in the series or not. But I can tell you this, um, on Moon Knight, we're going to keep the audiences guessing until literally the last second, and you never know what you're going to see in this show. One thing we all want to see, I mean, us fanboys, we want to see this Midnight Suns team come <laughs> to fruition one day. And it seems like we're getting there, dude. Charlie Cox is here. Like, we got a, a whole bunch of opportunities to bring these characters together. Yeah. Uh, have you started to talk about that at all? Have you uh, thought, you know, these are what characters would you like to see him kind of interact with in such an ensemble? Well, I, you know, again, I think Kevin's got some grand plans in his mind, but I will tell you this, as the Marvel Cinematic Universe continues to expand and as certain um, portions of that universe do get a little bit darker and spookier, uh, I do think there's a lot of opportunities for really groovy, cool team-ups, and uh, I can't wait to see them myself. I'm with you. I'm with you. The, the MCU, obviously, it's getting crowded. We're talking about team-ups. There's people all over the place on Earth, heroes, all, especially on Earth, and this one manages to stand on its own without relying on any other characters to Carry, help carry the story, make, you know, big surprises or connections or appearances. Why was it important to make sure Moon Knight's origin story stayed standalone in its own little pocket of the MCU? You know, I will say this, and as you can tell to the observant viewer, Moon Knight is very much in the MCU and you'll pick up on those little Easter eggs if you're, if you're watching closely. And, and, and I don't think like th this being kind of a, a standalone opportunity is something we started out um, doing on purpose. But what we did realize that when you do look at those decades of incredible stories, mind bending, freaky, trippy stories that Moon Knight goes uh, through during the decades, we realized it's like once the dust settles and you focus on that character, he did kind of stand alone and this was his journey. And so it was more, it was, it was more of an organic exploration than anything. And uh, we do think it's an exploration that the audience is going to enjoy going on on March 30th. And we'll, we'll see, we'll see what they say about Moon Knight. I think they're going to have some good things to say. My last question for you, Moon Knight introduces a lot of gods to the MCU and a lot of mythology involving gods. There's a God butcher coming to the MCU. In <laughs> Love and Thunder. Are you guys the reason we haven't seen a Thor trailer yet? Oh, no, no, I, I've got no control over the other gods or the other universe or the, or the trailers, but uh, another great question for Kevin. I can tell you this <laughs> Thor's coming. It's going to be amazing. And um, I think these stories are just the Kevin and Lou, Victoria, Brad, the whole team at Marvel, tell stories on the grandest scale and it's just mesmerizing to be part of. I feel blessed. I feel honored to be working with truly the best storytellers on earth. It's awesome. It's awesome, man. If you ever want to dive into this even further, you're welcome on our phase zero podcast because I can pick your brain about this all day, but I got to let you get to the next one for now. So thank I'll you. I'll be there, my friend. Tell me when and where.